This is Vic from your friendly neighborhood show. Chew on this, a Nerd United podcast. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow us and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook, it's at Chew on This Podcast. And on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Chew on This Pod. We're active on all three social media sites. And it's not just podcast episode announcements, but it's also memes, nerd news, and any special events the show might be at. Now light some candles, pour a glass of wine, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Chew On This, a Nerds United podcast, episode 243. Uh, we are here to discuss Red Sun, Superman Red Sun. Um, if you're not familiar with this, this is uh, this is a what if. It's a, it was a three-part series or three-part comic book that came out and basically explored what would happen if Superman or Kal-El didn't land in Kansas, America, but landed in, I think, Ukraine, uh, Soviet Union. So that's what the comic book was about. And they finally brought it to the screen. It's one of my favorite comic books. It's, I love the what ifs. Um, that's basically why I'm so excited also for the uh, Marvel what if cartoon. So I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping they, they do as good a job as this. So let's get the boring stuff out of the way. <clears throat> the boring stuff. Um, not a lot of reviews. Uh, you know, you, you tend to get that on um, series that drops or season premiere or something like that. And you also get that with home video releases. So this is one of those things. And there's only six reviews, but it is at 100%. Um, so probably when you read this, I'm sorry, not read this, uh, hear this, you will here the seventh um review for red sun which that tends to always happen with with this show okay so there's a lot of differences between uh the the book and the the movie but not in a bad way at all um i think the changes that they made work really well in a in a in a, in a moving format um rather than than you know still pages but uh the the animation is pretty typical to to what we've seen in the past, I don't know, like 10, 10 straight-to-video DC animated movies. Um, there haven't been a lot of, of changes animation-wise. And that's probably where, like, my first gripe comes in because I I really think um, the because this is this takes place in the 50s, 70s and then 2001 you could have gone back in the 50s and had like three different animation styles almost or at least show what it would have been like in 2001 had the 1950s this version happened and i, I wish they had used one of my favorite movies style wise that they've done well i think it was new frontier it was called um, that was also based on a comic book as well 
and that had a lot of like old the the style was a little bit different um and it kind of matched what was in the comic book as well kingdom come also has very unique uh panels as well so um anyway so i thought it'd be cool to go over a couple of differences between comic book versus movies and the first one that that stands right out is um that lois is married to lex luther in this so I think she's called Lewis Lane Luther or Luther Lane. I don't know. But anyway, so Luther is not a billionaire in this. So what you're going to find in the book and also in the movie is that you're going to see a lot of characters that you know from, you know, the DC normal universe. And you're going to see them in different roles here. You'll see like a Jimmy Olsen. You'll see Lois Lane. You'll see Lana Lang. Um, you'll see many of the Green Lanterns, but they won't be those people. It's it's like a completely different universe. So you'll see a lot of those, even more so in the book than in the and then in the movie. But you'll see a lot of character names and shit like that. You see Batman is in this. You'll see um, uh, Martha and um, Martha and God damn it, what is Batman's dad's name? Fuck. Why am I drawing a blank? I keep just, I want to just keep thinking of Martha. Thank you, DCEU. But, um, so you'll see a lot of those things. And, and Lois is one of those. And Luther is another one of those. Where Luther plays on this, he teeters on being really good or really bad or really loving or doesn't give a shit about Lois. And, <clears throat> but one thing is very, constant is that he's fucking brilliant just like in the regular universe luther in this is brilliant and he's basically the only one that can stop red sun and um so he his version is he doesn't he's not a billionaire trying to do like shady shit he's actually hired from star labs from the government to try and combat this new threat which is the red sun superman okay so he's different uh jimmy also is different too um not only just from a character standpoint, but also from a, um, uh, I think a TV version, because in this, in this movie, he's black. Um, in the comic book, he's white, like the traditional Jimmy Olsen, but here he's black. And to my knowledge, I don't think there's ever been a black Jimmy Olsen other than on Supergirl. Um, I can't think of anything that had a black super, uh, black uh, Jimmy Olsen other than other than the recently CW Supergirl. So they might have taken some of that from there. Um and he also is not a photographer here. He's uh <clears throat> he's uh in both versions I think he works for the CIA. But in the movie version, spoilers, he becomes uh vice president and then president whereas I think he graduates or gets promoted to general or something of CIA or star labs or something like that. So he, in the comic book, he doesn't go into, uh, politics. <clears throat> uh, he stays on that side. Uh, Lana Lang is in this, but she's caught, not called Lana Lang. Like there's a couple names in here that change, uh, to more of like a Russian sounding name or Ukrainian. So instead of Lana Lang, her name in this one is, uh, Svetlana. Um, she's still redheaded in this, still white. Um, but, uh, you know, the name difference is, 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 is is off obviously but you can tell it's it's lana plus lana is in svetlana whatever however you say it <clears throat> and the other constant also here is that uh, or the same thing from the comic books or or the normal superman version is that lana lang knows uh finds out early on as when they're children that kal-el uh, has powers um 
there's a great opening shot of it. Um, I'll try to like, you know, spoil some things, but I, I try to, I won't try to go through the entire movie and, and basically make it no, but, but first of all, like, why are you even listening to this if you haven't watched it? But anyway, so that's different. Uh, Wonder Woman is completely different too. Um, Wonder Woman in the comic books, she falls in love with Superman. In the movie version, she's gay, and she basically said, and then she's already been gay in the comics, so not a big deal, um, or bi. Um, but uh, this one's kind of funny because she says to you know Superman thinks he's or Red Sun thinks you know they're going to hook up at this at this ball or this this gala or whatever, and um, Wonder Woman pushes him away, because, and and she didn't come out right and say it, but he, she basically said that she was a lesbian because uh, she says something to the effect of, you know, I come from an entire island of just women. You figure it out. And, uh, you know, that's when she tells uh, Red Sun Superman in the, in the movie that, that, that she's gay. And that doesn't really that doesn't really affect the story at all um, between Wonder Woman and Red Sun because at the end of the day, actually the movie does it a little bit better, I think, in my opinion, when you, uh, when, when the last time you see Wonder Woman. But in the comic books, she's completely in love with him or starts to fall in love with him. And, um, but in the, in the movie, she's just friends. They, they just want to stay like really good friends. And, uh, so, her fall, but the fall happens the same way where both the in love Wonder Woman and the, uh, the, the, the lesbian best friend or close friend, uh, Wonder Woman, they both start to question Red Sun's methods to get peace. <clears throat> so, um, okay. So Batman is different, a little bit different. Um, I think, um, I think in both versions, though, uh, the Pete Ross character in this, um, who was a friend of Superman in Smallville, and um, he was black in the Smallville television series, but he, I think in the comic books, he was always white, and he's white in here, too. But he's the one <clears throat> who actually created, he's the uh, Joe Chill of this story, because he's the one who kills uh, the, uh, the Waynes and that he does it. And so Bruce is part of like this oppressed, uh, group of people that Superman eventually <clears throat> creates of his own people. And Bruce's parents are killed and that's when he becomes Batman. And he's a, he's basically, he's, he's a terrorist when you first, when, when you first see him as Batman. Um, so that's different. Oh, um, Another difference is uh, Peter, who uh, again Pete Ross, but it's called Peter uh, Rosloff in the in the movie or in the comic books too. In the comic books, he poisons Stalin uh, secretly, but in the movie, um, it's Superman that kills or Red Sun that kills Stalin. He basically finds out that Stalin's you know he believes in this. Uh, the what they're trying to do with the government he thinks they're freeing people and liberating people and stuff like that but then he finds out Stalin's you know basically the same of the historical Stalin he's a fucking dickhead he's an asshole so um so in the in the movie version he fucking torches him he just you know the laser eyes come out and he's fucking done he just disintegrates him and that was fucking surprising to me too uh, and I did not expect that 
Um, let's see. In the in the comic book, um, you see five hundred green Green Lanterns, and this one you only see maybe two or three squadrons of like four or five. So I don't know if that's like a, a, a cost thing or it was really difficult to animate 500 different or, you know, at least 250 in a, in a shot, but show 500 once they show up. Um, if that was not very cost effective or very difficult to do, cause that's a lot um, in it. Uh, let's see. Uh, the ending is a little bit different too, and we'll get to that, but okay. So that's, that's mainly the differences in, from the comic book and and the movie and like i said this the movie the changes that the movie makes either it doesn't affect the story at all it's just a different way of doing it or it actually enhances the the character or the story um for example um like i said wonder woman when you see wonder woman uh, later, the last time you see her, she looks fucking awesome in this like white outfit, just fucking jacked with white hair. Uh, I, I loved her version in this way better than than I did in um, the comic book. So that's where one of the movies did uh, one of the things the movie did really well. Okay, so the movie opens up on this great um, this great shot of of um, Lana saving Kal El. And what's important here in, in the comic books, you will be able to see the word Kal-El and why that's important. And we'll get to it later on. But instead of the, but instead of like the Jor-El, I think it's E-L or something, right? Um, the L is just there. Um, let me just double check if that's true. Um, so, um, yeah, so, uh. Yeah, it's it, Cal L. The original version is uh, E L. So um, anyway, so that's important. Uh, I just wanted to double check. I had a fucking brain cloud there and didn't know what the fuck. I, I thought I made shit up, and I didn't want to be wrong. So anyway, so in the comic books, when you read it, it'll say Cal L, not Cal E L for L, and that's going to be important later on of why his name is changed this way. So, and then you get the, the opening title sequence, which, you know, usually title sequences are just dumb, but like this one's really cool. It's got a lot of Easter eggs from the cartoon. I'm sorry, from the comic book, um, in there. Uh, so there's like, it's just right out of the, um, uh, it's just right out of the comic book. It's really, it's a really cool sequence. And I did like the music in this too. Uh, let's see. Um, here's what the movie does really well, um, telling this story and, for every, it's not just Red Sun. It's it's a lot of people. The movie plays really well on this gray area of you don't know who is good versus who is bad. At one moment you think they're fucking terrible, another moment you think they're fucking awesome. You know, there's there's a vulnerability to Red Sun just like the normal Superman. And I saw a few instances of that. Like there's that one instance where she's he finds out that Wonder Woman is gay. And he's like, oh man, that's a relief. I thought I was going to have to take one for the team and have sex with you. Like, that's a bad fucking thing. But, um, but he says, like, I just want, I didn't want anything to distract me <laughs> from, from my goal, which I maybe he saw Wonder Woman and the distraction would have been he would have never stopped fucking her. Like, cause it's Wonder Woman, right? She's supposed to be like the most beautiful woman on the planet. So maybe even Superman's like, I, I can't get out of this. I, I'm not fuck the world. I'm going to stay in bed with her type of an ordeal. So maybe he, he knew that he didn't have any self control. 
But anyway, so there, the vulnerability part comes in when he's like, I wasn't really looking for a partner or a relationship. I was really just looking for a friend. And like that, I thought was really cool, uh, the way that they played it in the, in the, in the, um, in the movie versus, you know, Wonder Woman actually being, uh, falling for him. So I thought that was really cool that it showed Superman still wanting to connect with people and, the closest person that's as powerful or, or just underneath him is Wonder Woman. So that's, 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 you know, that's a, he doesn't find many people like that. He's stronger than everybody. And the other thing also is, is this, this book and the movie never addresses Krypton, I don't think. And they don't talk about kryptonite. Like this Superman has this red sun Superman. There's no weakness. Like, there's really no weakness whatsoever. And you find out later on that somehow Luther figures out his weakness. Anyway, so, and this and the movie does really well, and book two does a really good job um, arguing or, or showing this psychological um, question is always nature versus nurture, right? If you've taken Psych 101, that was like one of the things that, you know, that was in the semester was nature versus nurture. And that's what this entire movie basically is. It's like, this is Red Sun Superman, but in his heart, he still wants to do well and save the world and give peace to the world. But because he's been influenced by Joseph Stalin and the Communist Party, he goes about it in a fucked up way. And it reminds me of like what would happen in, in like that really great Justice League cartoon of, of, of the Justice Lords coming in where Super, uh, the Flash is killed by Lex Luthor when he's president of the United States. And Luther calls him out on it. Like, you could have killed me at any fucking time, but you didn't because you're a fucking martyr. You want to be looked at this great fucking hero, right? And that's your problem. It's your hubris, right? And all these people that I've killed, including the Flash, is all on fucking you. So Superman's like, you know what? You're right. So he fucking laser beams him and just fries him. Basically the same thing what Red Sun Superman did to Stalin, right? And that's basically what happens is the red sun Superman is like, you know what? I need to bring peace to the world. There's too much suffering. I'm going to, you can either join me or go against me, but I really would rather you not like he just, he, he just, what did they say? They said this one battle that lasted during world war one lasted like, I don't know, like 12 days or 12 weeks or something like that, or three weeks or three months. Superman ended it in three hours. You know, like there's no stopping him because there's no fucking weakness to him. So, but again, the whole reason for him doing this is because he wants to bring world peace. But because again, he is raised by communist Russia and or Soviet Union and Joseph Stalin, he goes about it in a dickish way that our Superman, our good hearted, you know, normal Superman would never do that. So again, it's a great thing. It's it's more deeper than you actually think when you're when it's just more than a comic book. It really is nature versus nurture, and that's what I love about this story so much. Okay, so Luther, meanwhile, is trying to stop Red Sun Superman, or at least find a way. So he actually agrees to help the president of the United States, uh, which I think at this point is Eisenhower. That yeah, I'll help you, but on one condition, I'm going to need a, a to take down a Russian satellite. 
And there's a really good reason for that. So he does it so that he calculates it, that it'll hit Metropolis. So, and it's going to be a Russian satellite. So that means the Soviets will get alerted when this thing starts to fall out of the sky, which means even though Superman does not want to invade America, he will save it to prove that, you know, you know, I didn't have to do this. I wanted to, to show you that there's a better way instead of the capitalist America. So the reason why Luther wants him to do it is because now his DNA is on the fucking satellite and he uses that. He collects it to make uh American Superman. And <laughs> I gotta say, he reminded me of like a frat guy. And I don't know if that was done on purpose. I, it, it didn't, I didn't read it that way when I read the comic book, but <laughs> the way that they do it here, he seems like a dumb jock. Basically, um, you know, like all American boy, dumb jock, who's a dick, the same type of dick that would always bully uh, our Clark Kent, right? Like in, in Smallville. So that's what the, this Superman kind of came across like that. And and so, like I said earlier on, like you're going to see different people, but the same person, the same name, right? So in doing this and going to attack Superman, because that's or I'm sorry, Red Sun. I think uh, the American version is called Superior Man, which is, is, I mean, I guess Superman is kind of dumb the first time you ever heard it, but you've heard it for so many years, you're acceptable. So I guess if you kept saying Superior Man for another 50 years, it would be okay. But every time it's said, it sounds stupid. Basically, who this person is, is Bizarro, right? Like, because he goes to, it, he, he sends Superior Man to attack uh, Red Sun Superman on his soil, and it's like multiplicity, right? Like a clone of a clone of a clone of a clone or whatever. The, fir- the, the second version is never as good as the original version, right? So they get into this fight, and it's fucking massive. And at some point, you think, oh, shit, this guy's just as strong as Red Sun Superman. But Red Sun Superman was just fucking holding back, right? And there's this great part in it that reminded me of the Reeves 77 Superman. Look, if you really like this show and it tickles your nerd spot, please review the show on iTunes and Facebook. It'll help getting the show sponsors and allow the show to keep putting out daily and weekly content. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. So Bizarro or Superior Man like levels the fucking um, levels the city. A little bit and, and, and Red Sun sees it and he's like, Oh fuck. He, he sees all his like citizens like, you know, hurting or dying or dead. Uh, this movie does not shy away from showing dead or blood. So, um, but it's fucking awesome. It works really well. Anyway, so he sees this and he fucking takes off. He's like, I need to take this fight somewhere where my people aren't getting hurt. And it reminded me of fucking, you know, it reminded me of Christopher Reeve, uh, in Superman 2. Um, when he's yelling the people and stuff like that. So, and then he takes off and he's really doing it to save the city. And this red sun Superman does that. He, the superior man doesn't give a shit. It's like, it, it's like, uh, it's Snyder's version fighting Christopher Reeves version, except Christopher Reeves version has a little bit of communism in him, right? He's 50% communist. Um, because the superior man doesn't give a fuck. He would have just kept fighting there and he didn't give a shit or try to save anybody in the city when he was doing that stuff, right? So Red Sun takes off and um he finally is done with it. He asks Superior Man, you know, if you're not gonna give up, then you know I'm gonna have to hurt you. And he fucking does. He beats the shit out of him, right? 
And apparently there's this way that Luther has found out to remotely um, increase strength, like a virtual uh, Bane Venom type thing, because he keeps increasing his strength, but then he gets deformed, right? In the beginning, he could complete whole sentences, but every time that Lex fucking pumps him with his juice, he fucking gets, like, more and more, like, bizarre, like, broken English and, you know, just dumb, basically. And uh, that fucking happens here. So it's fucking amazing when he's about to die and Red Sun is now pissed because he didn't want to kill that person. And this is where this is this awesome thing that this movie continues to play with that at this moment, Lexus feels like the bad guy and Red Sun Superman feels like the good guy. Right. But then as soon as, you know, he's the, as soon as Red Sun is the aggressor, you find out like he's kind of a dick now again because he fucking basically lobotomized anybody who didn't want to fall under his reign even though he wants to bring peace and like he says that you know there's no there's no more poverty nobody's starving nobody's homeless and there's a cost to it though the way that he does it there's a fucking major cost to it and that cost is freedom right like you can't have peace without freedom and that's basically what he does. He gives nobody freedom, but he want, but it's a great, it's like, again, it's a psychological question. Would you rather have freedom, but be poor and starving, or would you be rather be rich, but fucking miserable and can't do anything that you want to do, you know? So again, that's another great thing to think about. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, where they say that stupid term, it's just a comic book. Yeah. Well, this is just a comic book has some fucking deep shit in it right so anyway so um red sun is pissed because he sees this guy basically die in front of him even if he was just a fucking clone you know he he has that this red sun superman still has his heart right so um lex there's this one time where they argue Lex and, and Lois, and it's because, again, this plays on that part where you, now Lex is, feels like the bad guy. And he, you know, even though that was a thing, it still had emotion and feelings, and he fucking destroyed it without thinking. Because he knew he was going to push it too far, and that thing was just going to, Bizarro was just basically going to die. And he didn't give a shit. And Lois is like, how could you fucking do that? And that's never really addressed again in the movie. Um, that really doesn't come into play later on. At all. Like the next time you see him and Lois together, he's already president of the United States. So not a really big deal. Um, so I don't know where Brainiac shows up. And this Brainiac is basically the same Brainiac. And there's not really much of a difference, I don't think, here at all uh, between the comic book, our universe Brainiac and this Brainiac in both versions, comic and movie. So, <clears throat> so Brainiac shows up and Superman beats him, right? He beats him, but before he could beat him, he shrinks Stalingrad just like Kandor. So again, you know, you're going to see these little things where they, they, you know, they plucked these little, uh, major story points and, and major characters in our DC universe and just altered them in a different way in, in Red Sun. So basically, Stalingrad is his biggest defeat. It's Superman's, in, in our universe, Superman is Kandor's big, his, his, that's his biggest defeat of always trying to re, you know, uh, uh, resize the, um, resize the city. 
So he defeats Brainiac, but then he, he alters Brainiac and reprograms him. So now he's not only, uh, gotten rid of poverty and homelessness and hunger, he's also cured all major diseases, right? So this is basically a fucking giant utopia, but you don't really have a lot of freedom, um, to choose whether or not to be oppressed. And I got, I got to understand, I got to feel, What's confusing to me is this, or it's an interesting question to ask, is other than saying I don't want to do what you want me to do, there's no other reason to not want to do what this Superman wants. Like in in the Justice League cartoon, you could see how fucked up, um, how fucked up uh, the Justice Lords were. Right? There was like curfews. You there was no press. Uh, everything was you know, went through them. And in this one, you know, all the things that he's listed other than freedom to not be under him, there's really no other negative. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a negative. If you say there, you don't believe in that and then you get lobotomized, but you wouldn't get lobotomized if you didn't want, you know, you would no longer have hunger. You'd be well off money wise. You, you would live in a home. Like those are the things you're rejecting again. So I guess I had a hard time thinking like, well, yeah, I mean, you really don't have freedom because the one freedom that you really don't have is the, um, the ability to say, no, I don't want to be ruled by you. But the, the, all the positives outweigh that. I think from what I saw in the movie anyway, like, because I didn't see like a curfew, I didn't see like no freedom of press or whatever. But you did get locked away or lobotomized if if you didn't follow him. But other than that, it's not like it's not like you see some of those like you know cookie cutter bad guys where they're like I want to give peace to the world, but you know it's like dark side almost. Like he rules he rules that planet, but like the planet looks like absolute shit, right? Like. There's no reason to go with Darkseid because he's going to fucking enslave you. That's not what Red Sun and Superman is talking about. He literally wants a utopia, but a utopia under him. And he provides that. They have endless resources. They have nobody's you know poor. Nobody's homeless. Nobody's going hungry under his rule. So, like, I don't understand why you wouldn't want that. So, it's an interesting question to think about. Um, because if that's the only thing is that you lose the freedom to say, no, I don't want utopia and you're not getting drugged for it. You just have to just be part of it. You know, like I don't see a downside to that. I mean, with what's going on now, wouldn't you want something like that? Like I don't, my only non-freedom is to say no. And you're going to take that away from me. And I get, you know, I get a roof over my head. I never homeless. I, there's no fucking diseases. You know, all this shit, that seems like a good trade-off to me. Just something to think about. Anyway, so uh, you finally meet Batman, right? And you find out that he's a te- he's basically just a fucking terrorist because of that freedom that he doesn't have. Also, because, um, you know, he enslaved, uh, the, he enslaved his parents without knowing, and his parents died because of that. And he blames Superman for all of this, right? He blames... Superman for the fact that they were oppressed, like sent down there in those caves, even though he didn't know about it at the time. Um, but he eventually does kind of the same thing anyway. So, um, and also one of the big things that happens too, is when the reason why he 
kills St- uh, Stalin is because he finds out Stalin is doing all this shit, right? And he finds out Lana was fucking there. And that's another difference, too. In the comic books, Lana is uh, saved, basically, and is given this, like, cush, fucking rich-ass, easy-ass job under his rule. And it's basically to be, like, a tour guide for his museum, it's 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 Red Sun's Road Gallery, and he and he has a museum for that shit, and he gives her that job. Um, I think she, she's still in the military though, but that's a cush job to never put her on the front lines, and that's what he can do for her. In this one, Stalin fucking uh, takes her and a lot of people away because either they didn't want to be part of his rule, or they fucking knew Red Sun Superman before he became Superman, right? So. So she's under there for not doing anything wrong other than knowing him as a child. And she dies in his arms and he fucking loses it. And that's one of the reasons why he goes out on this quest to take over the world to give us utopia. Because um, he was, you know, given Stalin a chance. He believed in that stuff. And it's like now it's clear that nobody can bring peace to the world other than me because men are fucking stupid, basically. Um so when you finally meet Batman, this is the terrorist Batman. He's been going after him and he's just a human and everybody knows he's just a human, but nobody can fucking get him. So this is, the, so this is the where it's still almost the same Batman from our world because this Batman is fucking brilliant. Like you have always, you know, we, the argument was always, okay, if Superman got his powers taken away and he was just as strong as Batman, who wins in a fight? It's fucking Batman. I mean, Batman has pushed his body to the physical limits, learning every type of martial arts, defense, you know, killing moves, all not, well, not killing moves, but like subduing moves and shit like that. He's studied all of that stuff, right? So he is by far one of the best fighters in all of hand-to-hand combat, pound for pound. Batman is up there with everybody, right? Superman really doesn't have to rely on that, right? I mean, you could punch him as hard as you fucking could and you would just shatter every bone in your body, right? So he doesn't need to be the fastest person in the room because because even at half speed he's still faster than everybody but the Flash, right? So it's it's there's never a challenge for him. So he doesn't really have to learn. It's like it's like uh, um, Tony Stark learning how to fight from Captain America because without that suit, Tony Stark is not, he's just a billionaire. He has no skills whatsoever outside of that suit. So I think there was a cartoon or something that I saw where, like, you know, uh, Captain America is training Tony because he um, he's like, you know, one day you're not going to have that suit and you're going to have to defend yourself. How the fuck are you going to do that? Um, I think I think that was in Marvel's Avengers, the the Disney XD one, but I'm not sure. Anyway, so so that you get that kind of answered here, and I mean, you you saw it also in Batman v Superman. Um, I can't remember where else that they actually fought like that. Um, but here you get that question because super Batman tricks Superman by kidnapping fucking wonder woman with the lasso of truth. It's fucking amazing. So he lures him down there and it's just a trap to get him enclosed underneath where he could not escape. Just like the people that he's oppressed. Um, and turns on these massive red lamps and red sunlight, basically. And you find out it's kind of provided by Lex Luthor in the, in the comic book. And here it's kind of a throwaway line. If you're not kind of putting two and two together, cause, uh, the connecting, the connecting 
part of that is said later on in the movie. So it's not really played upon in the movie, but just two lines that connect the two dots together. So you kind of have to pay attention. But, um, so these red lamps came on, come on and Superman's like, are you fucking kidding me? They're it's light. What would you expect me to do? And Batman fucking lays into him and he beats the fuck out of him. It's fucking hard to watch. It's as hard to watch as it is in Superman returns when Brandon Routh Superman is getting the shit beat out of him by those guys. And he's like screaming for his life. And you're like, Oh my God, that's Superman screaming for his life. Fuck. Right here. You think Batman's being the good one because up until now you've seen just oppressing Superman, right? So you're like, all right, I'm not liking this guy now. Again, playing on the good and bad. Now you think Batman's bad. I mean, good, right? But then the second Batman starts beating the fuck out of Red Sun, I felt like, oh, my God, Batman, you're taking it too far. I mean, he is beating the shit out of him. Like, he should have, he, he could have killed him, right? But he does the same fucking mistake at every fucking villain he's ever faced himself he fucking monologues and he keeps him alive to fucking let him witness his failure that's fucking dumb the same thing bane did in dark knight rises it's fucking ridiculous so he throws him down this place and while this is happening wonder woman says this great line in the beginning and says you know i'm bound by the last of truth it's it's part of my soul it's unbreakable not even red sun superman has the power to break me free of this chains or or break me free of this lasso and that's and that happens early on and after this fight's over after this fight's over um you see um wonder woman breaking fucking free like she fucking shatters like she rips through the lasso so it, it shows how powerful she actually is and so super uh wonder woman turns around grabs the generator and breaks the generator basically destroying all the power to the red sun lamps so of course superman fucking powers back up goes up and is like already healed but he's still got blood on his face and uh he says i'm not going to kill you i'm going to basically lobotomize you so you will serve me forever and batman's like fuck that and he fucking hits a button and he blows himself up. Like his shit goes everywhere. His guts are all over Superman, all over fucking Wonder Woman. <laughs> and they didn't even address the fact that they're covered in his fucking guts, right? And so Superman or Red Sun sees Wonder Woman and she's fucking old. Like she's like pale and white hair and kind of like, um, you know, hunched over a little bit. She's fucking old. And you find out that because she broke the lasso, her power or most of her power was in that lasso and she took it away. So she lost a lot. And in both versions, this is where Wonder Woman's like, you know what? You've taken it too far. I was with you on the peace thing. I knew the, the brain, you know, the bombizing thing was, you know, and then a means for the end. But, uh, but at the same time, you're, you're taking this too far. If you create people like Batman and you were going to not lobotomize him to make him free and, and safe, you were going to do it out of revenge. So, like, I'm not okay with this anymore. So she flies away. And you see her later on in the movie. Um, Okay, so here you get that... um, You get uh, Superman and Brainiac, or Brainiac, you know, constantly trying to tell Superman now is, or Red Sun, now is the time 
to um, attack North America, right? Or I'm sorry, U.S. And he constantly doesn't want to do this, but in the move in the okay, so here's another big difference. In the movie, he is only attacked by the Green Lantern. Like, okay, so a little bit backwards, like the whole failure thing of of Bizarro. In that sequence later on, you find um, that they've discovered a Green Lantern ship and a Green Lantern ring. And so he recreates that. But in the comic books, there's 500 Green Lantern, and here there's like 12. And also, in the comic book version, I think he's attacked by the Amazonians, too. In this one, he's not. In the movie, he's not. But in both versions, they don't stand a fucking chance against Red Sun Superman. And in the movie, Wonder Woman clashes her bracelets and stops the fighting. And she is now, like, big again, like, normal-looking, but she's still got this white hair, and her outfit's completely changed. It's white and gold. It looks fucking awesome. And she basically says, I'm asking you to stop, but I know you're not going to stop, so um, you'll never see me again. You'll never see... um, Themyscira again, you guys go fuck off. Um, we're going to cover ourselves back up and you guys can destroy your own world. We're, we're done. And she leaves. And so Superman continues to beat the shit out of the uh, Green Lantern Corps. And um, so on the brink of fall, the United States, and, and Luther is president now with Jimmy Olsen as his vice president in the movie. Um he he's on the brink of beating them and he gets to the white house and superman there's there's nothing there's they didn't get attacked by planes nobody is attacking them there's no defense whatsoever and lois lane is the only person that walks out now in the comic book in the comic book lois has a letter in her in her jacket pocket written by lex luthor at the, at the last minute in the movie, she's holding Stalingrad, the the, the shrunken uh, city, and I thought this is where I thought the, the 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 comic book was a little bit better because in my mind I was like, oh, it was a throwaway line, but basically Superman's like, how did you get that? And Lois is like, well, you know, Luth Lex has always been ten steps ahead of you, and I thought that was a really shitty way of doing that. Because you've already seen, not shitty is not right the word. Um, it's not the way I would have said it because, or or done it that way. I would have stayed with the envelope, and the reason why is because you already know Luther is fucking brilliant up to this point. Even in the movie, you already know that he's fucking brilliant in this movie. And why I love the the envelope better than the city of Stalingrad is because um, it, it's like. How did you fucking get in there to get that city? It's almost impossible. And if you had that kind of like pull to be able to fucking do that, then why don't you destroy him from the inside out? Like destroy the city from the inside out. Like you had to get through Superman. You had to get through the the Soviet army and you had to get through Brainiac to get that city. But in this, ver- in the comic book version, he just writes a letter and realizes this is how I'm going to get him. Right. In the movie, it's a throw. It's, it's said in the Lois says it, uh, during giving uh, Stalingrad to, to Superman. And <clears throat> and in the, in the comic book, uh, Lex writes on this letter, um, and it's just one sentence, and it says, why don't you put the whole world in a bottle, Superman? And Superman just fucking starts crying. 
Like he realizes that he's become the thing that he doesn't want to be, right? Like he he the re, the reason for stopping or killing Stalin was to 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 be different than him, but he ended up being the same way, but more efficient because he's fucking Red Sun Superman, right? Um, in the movie, Lois kind of just says that uh, while they're talking about Stalingrad. Now, this is where Brainiac, you reveal the giant twist in this. There's two twists coming up. And the first one is Brainiac reveals that he was never defeated. He purposely made him lose to Red Sun so that he can influence him. Now, again, I didn't agree with the, the changing the envelope to the, to the, um, uh, to Stalingrad, the shrunken Stalingrad. But where the movie fucking is awesome with what they did was, once Red Sun tells uh, Brainiac, I'm done, let's get out of here, like, I've, done, I've made a terrible mistake, Brainiac's like, nope, we've come too far, and fucking shoots Stalingrad City, and fucking just incinerates the city in, 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 in the blink of an eye, it's gone, and I was like, holy shit, that was fucking amazing. So as much as I would have read with the went with the envelope, you get this fucking amazing scene with Stalingrad blowing up in Superman's hands. It's fucking amazing. And he's fucking horrified, and he starts attacking them. And this is where you see Lex coming out with his, like, suit. So again, a little bit different. But you see Lex Luthor in his famous, like, Superman suit, kind of. But there's no kryptonite in there. Also, there's no fucking helmet. That I didn't understand either. Like, you built this giant suit, but you don't have a fucking helmet. Because there's this one part where where Brainiac just shoves him and, like, like throws him down from, like, 200 stories up in the air. And, and he hits the ground with full force. But he doesn't have a helmet. How is he not fucking dead? There's no force field. So I thought that was kind of stupid that he, you know, made this multi-billion dollar suit and doesn't create a fucking helmet. You know, it's just, it just looks stupid to me. Anyway. So, um, let's see. Superman eventually wins, right? So that happens. And when the win, uh, Brainiac set his ship to self-destruct. So he has to fly the fucking ship, like, because I think it's like 14 million miles the blast radius will be, which is <laughs> fucking lot. So Superman flies the fucking thing out of here and it blows up and he dies, right? So now you flash forward again and there's a lot of flash forwards here and you are at Lex Luthor's uh, retirement, basically. He's he's served his eight years in office and he's leaving and now Jimmy Olsen is going to be president of the United States. And while he's doing this press conference out outside, Lois sees somebody dressed at, uh, that looks like Superman. And this is the first and only time that you see uh, the Clark Kent-looking Superman, um, which is the the you know the the hat, the raincoat, the suit, and the glasses. This is the first time you see it, and only time you see it in this movie, and in, in the comic books too. And you find out that he survived, but he's 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 basically allowing men to do like humans to to do what they need to do. He won't interfere anymore. He's already done it and fucked it up royally. And he knows he can cause more harm now coming back and showing himself other than just staying and living a normal life, right? <clears throat> now, here's the thing that I is probably my biggest gripe with the movie. It's not a big gripe, but it is by far the number one thing I have a problem with. In the comic book, you find it flashes forward and you see like Luther's basically uh, always constantly helping humanity in the world, right? 
and he, the, he creates his utopia. And this, the Luther name becomes almost like Jesus Christ, but with like technology, right? Like he saves the he saves humanity, and the the earth completely prospers, right? So much so, and advance the technology so much so that they start exploring other worlds, and eventually. His distant great, 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 great by 50 times or something like that, um, uh, grandson, Jor-El, Jor-El, J-O-R-L, not E-L, um, discovers that this red sun is going to destroy the planet. And he sends his son, Cal-El, L, through, um, and, and basically that's the Superman story, right? But here's where the other twist comes. So, it goes through like something like a gravity well or some shit, right? And ends up in 1938 Ukraine. So the end of the movie, or I'm sorry, the end of the comic book is the beginning of the fucking comic book. And it's just an endless loop, right? Like, because Cal-El is actually from the fucking future. And he's actually Lex Luthor's offspring. It's fucking amazing, right? The movie doesn't do any of that. It just ends. You see, you see Clark Kent or whoever he is in this version because he doesn't say a name, or but you see Superman, Red Sun Superman, just walk off and is done. In the comic books, it goes a little bit further and finds out you know Luther becomes this great man and the, and the Luther legacy basically creates a utopia. What Red Sun was trying to do, and you find out that fucking Red Sun is actually descendant of fucking Lex Luthor. It's fucking mind-blowing. It's amazing. But the movie doesn't do that. And I really like to know why they didn't do that. Maybe for time or something, or maybe that they were confused about something, but or that the audience would get confused. But I didn't think so. I mean, there was nothing in the movie that deviated so much from the comic book that if you drop that in at the end, that it would have confused any, well, it wouldn't have confused me. I thought it would have been awesome, even if I had not read the comic book. Um, so... So that's Red Sun. So um, not much of a diversity rating. I mean, we're talking about 1930s, 50s, um, Ukraine and, and the United States. So pretty white, um, which is understandable, though they do have black Jimmy Olsen there. But that's not enough to say it's diverse. But it kind of makes sense for the time frame and the time period and stuff like that. So I was okay with that. Um, but it was pretty Casper. Um, and the rating I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it four... I'm going to give it four and a half lightsabers. And and the only thing preventing me from giving it uh, the five is just not getting that final, um, that final twist at the end where you find out that Red Sun is a great, great, great 50 or 60 times grandson of, um, of Lex Luthor. And that was just fucking mind blowing when you read it. It was just amazing. You had just gone through this whole fucking story of like, how amazing this story is. And then they just fucking give you this one last thing to say, thank you for staying with us. You know? So anyway, uh, four and a half lightsabers for me. Now, like we've been doing it. We've always been changing, uh, for the last two or three episodes, we've been changing the, um, the, uh, the city that we've been saying goodbye to. Um, so if you got a hometown, mention it, you want to mention on the show, uh, comment, uh, email to on this podcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook, uh, Instagram or Twitter. Uh, Facebook is at you on this podcast and on Twitter and Instagram, it's at you on this pod. All right. So that was episode 243 of Chew on this, a nerd United podcast. You stay classy, brick. Later. <laughs>